say that everybody has a purpose in life. Well, at one time I felt that selling cocaine was my purpose. I, hit the I used to think that I was born to be a drug dealer. I felt it was my job to keep everybody high and to get as many people high as I could. Welcome to the world famous Wake Up Show. This is DJ King Tech. Today we got a great show for y'all. Coming through the legendary Rick Ross. This man was in the middle of so much. The whole CIA Contra cocaine connection. Shit that changed the country for real. After 20 years in and out of prison, he's ready to tell it all. Let's welcome to the studio Freeway Rick Ross. That the city of angels call me Black Superman. All right, uh, welcome to the uh, Eric J. The Great Podcast Show. Uh, we got a special guest on the show today, Free Ray Ricky Ross. How you doing? I'm good. All right, um, so we just start from the beginning, man. Uh, tell, tell the people where you're from. Um, I'm from California, you know, been living here most of my life. Uh, was born in Texas, but, oh. um, you know, I'm, I'm a Californian. <laughs> and love it <laughs> okay so, so what's the uh first thing that come to your mind when you think of your hometown lights cameras action okay success riches you know california if it was a country it'd be the fifth richest country in the world so mm. a lot of money here a lot of opportunity here. But, you know, opportunity is everywhere. You know, opportunity is what you make it. You know, absolutely. So for um for anybody, you know, that never um, been to your hometown, just describe how it was for you just uh, coming up as a um, kid slash teenager, you know, some of the obstacles and um, just circumstances you had to grow uh, go through just growing up as an African-American. Well, you um, know, now that I look at life, obstacles wasn't uh, – it wasn't what the city made it. It was what I saw because a lot of times we put in our mind, which really become the roadblocks to, to our success. And what I've learned is that my city was always rich. It was always plentiful, but I wasn't able to recognize it. You know, I, I had had, I guess I was born in kind of like a bowl, you know, uh, being born to uh, parents that was uh, one generation from being slaves, you know, uh, my, my grandfather was a sharecropper. You know, so, so, you know, my mom was born really close to slavery. And when you think about that, uh, the effect that slavery had on us as black people, you know, uh, when I go out and I do my speeches and so forth, one of the main things that I try to iterate to the kids is that you must allow yourself to dream. You must allow yourself to visualize, you know, if you can only see what's here now today, then you're probably going to be stagnated for the rest of your life because until you are able to broaden your horizon, um, 
to visualize what's possible, not what is. <clears throat> and so many of us base our philosophy, our thinking, uh, our habits on what's happening right now today instead of what I could do, you know, if I gave myself some time. Yeah, absolutely. I can feel that. So um, you had a single parent uh, household, right? Yeah, yeah. My mom and my dad broke up when I was four months old. Okay. Was your dad uh, still in your life or was he just going after that moment? Nope. I didn't like my dad at all. My mom didn't like him. I didn't like him. You know, uh, it's a funny thing about, you know, kids. um, We have a tendency to pick up things that the people around us that we that we cherish, that we love, that we respect, we pick up their habits. The things that they like, we like. The things that they don't like, we more than likely don't like them. The things that they believe in, we believe in. And uh, what happened is that I picked up what my mom thought of my dad, and I felt the same way. Yeah, that's understandable. So uh, you you only without have- even knowing it, without even knowing it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't meet him till I was thirty five years old. Oh man, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and then you know he told me his side of the story, hmm. which yeah. made yeah made some sense. Yeah, so uh, you only have one brother, right? Yeah. Okay, and y'all y'all came up together your whole childhood. No, nah, my brother stayed back with my dad when okay. we moved to California for a okay. while. Then he moved back to California, so he was you know off and on. But you know that was my dude. Okay, so as far as uh, activities when you was a kid, uh, well, did you play any sports? Everything: football, basketball, baseball, dirt bikes motorcycles. Uh, I always felt that sports was going to be my way out of the ghetto. Okay. Well, what was your right? If you uh, had to uh, pick what was you uh, best at, what was your best sport? Tennis. Tennis. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I I started playing tennis at about 13. Uh, I started to realize that I was a small guy and it looked like I was going to be overlooked in other sports. And uh, I started playing tennis and I got to be pretty good at it. And I enjoyed it. Probably kept me alive. Mm. And not for tennis, I probably would be dead now. I probably would have been a diehard gangbanger because I wanted to gangbang. Oh, yeah. So they kept you occupied. Yeah. Yeah. I was on the tennis court, you know, when school let out at, at, at three o'clock, I was on the tennis court. You know, I didn't have time to, to hang out in the streets. And when I turned back to the streets, you know, I was already 18, 19 years old. And I was like, see, I ain't killing nobody over no color. I ain't shooting nobody over no street. You know, I ain't fighting over no street that I don't own. I don't even own no house on it. I'm fighting over it. No, not me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it was like, oh, y'all want to be in the gang? I got to be the shot caller. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So they didn't want me to be the they didn't want me to be the shark collar. I didn't want to be in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to be the boss, man. I can't take no orders. You know, you you look at people and 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 they're taking orders from people who are idiots. Mm. 
you know, if 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 you are letting a guy who can't stay out of jail for six months tell you what to do when something wrong. Yeah, absolutely. No discipline at all. No. And, you know, a lot of times them dudes can't stay out of jail six months. You know, when I did my 20-year prison, you know, I see guys that go and come like two and three times in a year, you know. And um, one of the things that I found out is that you have to be careful who you're getting your information from because people can taint your mind, you know. They can plant seeds and, and thoughts inside of your mind that will have you thinking whatever they believe. Oh, yeah. And then you don't know where they got it from. Right. So, you know, you have to be careful with your mind. And, and you know, Minister Farrakhan, Minister Farrakhan says, guard your kingdom. And this is your kingdom up here. So you got to protect that thing at all costs. Right. So back in back in your era, you know, the economy was like way different than the economy today. So when you when you um became eighteen, why you say way? Why you say way different? It ain't much different right now. It's messed up right now. It was messed up then for black people for sure. You know, wasn't no jobs, wasn't no money circulating. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I was saying like that. Ain't it, ain't it like that right now? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I ain't gonna say it's like just uh, like a night and day type of thing, but it's a, it's a little bit better than it was in the eighties. You think so? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. I think. When so. the last time you've been to most downtown cities? You said downtown in the cities. Yeah, most cities downtown. You uh, don't see all the people sleeping under bridges now. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The homeless population. Yeah, it's a lot. They don't think it was better. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's according I, to who you ask. You know what I'm saying? It's according to who you ask. But what I try to do is I try to, to have a what they call is an open mind. Okay. You know, I don't want my mind tainted to believe something that ain't real. You know, so I try to keep an open mind all the time to 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 look at life from different people's perspectives. Because if you can't see the world from their perspective, then you can't do business with them. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I and I want to do business with everybody. Right. See, I need you as a friend. Right. Matter of fact, you ought to join my millionaire club because I'm going to make 250 people millionaires. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm into stuff like that. Like, you know, you know, um, I'm in the process of uh, writing a book right now. See, I can help you publish your book. Oh, yeah. I sell publish my book. Let me show you. That's one. That's the first one. Yeah, I was gonna ask you. I was gonna uh, ask you. Yeah, about I sell publish. I sell publish. Oh yeah. I went from being totally illiterate. Never reading a book. They having two books published by myself. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, you can't tell, tell me God's good, man. So, uh, yes, sir. So when you played tennis, you know your childhood. You were staying 
you stayed away from the streets, you know, as long long as you can. So when, when well, I could have stayed away from the streets longer. Okay. But you know, I was young. You know, I thought what everybody else was doing was cool. Yeah. So after 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 I dropped out of high school and I found out I wasn't gonna be going to college and I found myself back in the neighborhood and I started doing what everybody else was doing. Right. Oh, y'all selling dope? I'm gonna sell dope too. <laughs> y'all carry guns? I'm gonna carry a gun too. I never needed a gun before. But all of a sudden now I need a gun. Right. So what was happening was I was allowing other people to dictate my beliefs, my thoughts. Right. So when you first started to to get into that life, you know, um, was what moment really led you down that path like to really say was it like your circumstances like you just say hey i just need to make some money or was it just like yeah that's what it was i thought i was broke mm. you know i was sitting on my mom's porch i didn't know what my next move was gonna be i started stealing cars mm. and i had my own little chop shop you know i was cutting up cars and selling all the parts to the body shops and and then i got raided mm. police raided it took me to jail killed my hustle I thought I was going to steal cars forever so that was your official first charge right there yeah yeah I wind up beating it though no oh, okay but but that was my first charge and and you know I went from there to uh, selling dope mm. so but yeah. my mind was already tainted yeah. <laughs> they had tainted my mind. I wasn't innocent no more. Right. So as far as, you know, you know, I looked at all the Vlad TV interviews, you know, I, I look at Vlad almost every day. So like and I'm glad I looked at the documentary today because it put put a picture of what I remember from the Vlad TV interviews. So um when uh what because uh this was something that was real interesting to these uh this type of story because you know when you think back on it when you was at your height and you know you you know you had you had you had some money stashed and you know you know you you want nobody on your trail yet you know um when did you know that the feds was was on was was coming on your trail and before then before then did you um did you ever think about like hey i got enough let me just go ahead pull out and pivot you know you know what i'm saying yeah you do uh you know i had my own task force oh you did yeah echo told me you read that the magazine la magazine yeah 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 yeah, the bag yeah the uh task force was on the uh documentary i seen the task force uh, yeah you you saw that too they was on the documentary well one of them was okay yeah one of them was he kind of told the story kind of mild those guys were ruthless you know what they call themselves yeah there was um um the freeway task force yeah i was gonna say that i thought it was they took my name 
like the rapper did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a crazy story with Rick Ross. How that how that went about. Yeah, yeah. But you know what's even crazier? That he loved me so much, but he won't tell the world. Wow. He won't come forth and say, I idolized this man so much that I took his name and I tattooed it on my hands. That's all I wanted to say. And and you know what? And you know what's so crazy, though? You know what's even crazier than that, though? Is that all these fucking DJs, reporters, they let the fucker get away with it. They interview him, and they let him get away with it. A reporter is supposed to report the news. Supposed to be non-biased. But they buy him, and these people who are supposed to be educators, because what you're doing right now, you're supposed to be educating the people. You're supposed to be bringing the people information, not information that's biased, not true, because they paid you. And that's what's happened with, with our reporters, and, and that's, one, that's one of the things that I believe is so messed up about the Black community right now, why we're in such bad shape, is because we allow people to come to us and and literally literally steal from us. Right. Because if somebody sell you something and it's not what it was supposed to be, that's fraud. Absolutely. And they've been selling us shit for years now but it ain't been true. They've been telling us people was rich and they wasn't rich. That they did things they didn't do. So uh, uh, for them to allow this guy to continue to masquerade himself around as me and as a drug dealer, uh, uh, and, and, and not that selling drugs is no glamorous thing. I'm not saying that, not at all. But I'm saying to let somebody masquerade around a lie to me is like, wow, you know, where 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 have we come? You know, it's like when when in the eighties when when Nelly Manelli came out, they they got roasted. You know, they torched him. Now you got this guy, he takes people lyrics, he takes their stories, he takes their names, and 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 everybody love him. Yeah, me personally in the situation, you know, Rick Ross don't reach such a height as far as success that it doesn't hurt him to say that. So I don't know why he wants to come out to say it. It's he like, might not even be successful. Because mm. we know, you do know that the record labels will give you a car. Right. A loan a car. Mm. They'll loan you jewelry. They'll lend you girls mm. for your videos. They'll let you use a house or rent a house for you. So do we really know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you put it like that, I mean, yeah. Because we know he already lied about his name. When do he go? When does he come clean? What part of the story is clean? Yeah, 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 you lost some credit. That I'm rich? That I'm rich? That's clean? 
And we already know you would do anything to be successful. And we already know that the record labels believe that if they put a gold chain on you and a pair of, of designer jeans that they can sell you to the black community. Right. See, they don't like me because they can't sell me. I dress the way I want to dress. I cut my hair when I want to. <laughs> I go where I want to go. I eat what I want to eat. And they don't like that. Right. They don't like somebody who wants to be in charge of themselves. Right. Who can say, you know what? I'm a man. I'm going to stand on my own. I'm not going to have no puppet master with no stick and strings in my back. Yeah. Tell me what I can say and what I can't say. And until we as a black community get that in our minds to 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 stand up, then you know we're gonna be in trouble. Yeah, I agree with that. So one thing that's real interesting to me that was in the article is that, you know, when you was at, you know, oh I don't want to say Lompoc. I don't want to. I don't want to say the lowest point of your life, but they they thought it was the lowest point of my life. Yeah, when you, but like, I didn't. Right. You know what he? You know what he said about me? Yeah. He he was, yeah. He said he was gonna um, make movies. Uh, no, have... no, no, no. He said that, but you know what he said during the article? He said I was more buoyant. Yes than I'd ever been. Remember he said that? Right. So it should have been my lowest point in my life because I was in a federal penitentiary with a life sentence without the possibility. And he said that I was talking so crazy that he thought I was delirious. Mm. But he said I was more buoyant than I'd ever been. Right. <laughs> And, and I just find that just real interesting because, you know, for someone that had those type of odds stacked against them and then for you to, you know, get out of that situation and then be in 2023 for you to be out of the federal penitentiary and then accomplish all the things that you accomplished as far as, you know, self-publishing books, you know, putting out documentaries and other things that you accomplished, you know, that's just like, uh, like I was talking about earlier i was like that was like a prophecy you know like wasn't that a prophecy yeah you the first one to say that yeah. you know i got a fighter fighting on the tank in ron garcia car wow a 20 year old superstar yeah yeah kid like austin kid austin he's gonna be on tv i'm gonna get to walk him in the ring and i'm gonna be sitting at showtime they're gonna get to see me all over the world on showtime oh yeah in the ring that's going to be a moment because that magazine, well, most of them didn't even read the magazine, but you read the magazine, so you would understand how big that's going to be for me to be standing inside that ring on Showtime. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, if I was in your shoes, man, it would be a real <clears throat> moment, man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, you know, I probably shed a tear, man. You know, this is like self-reflection, you know, especially you think about all the trials and tribulations, you know, that you've been through, you know, as far as, you know, before you went into penitentiary, uh, before you went to uh, prison, doing prison, and then, you know, not getting out, you know. 
being in special ed all through high school, yeah, not yeah. knowing how to read and write. Yeah, man, it's, that, you, you're a living witness, man. There's no excuses out here, man. You really had everything. Leave them. Hey, leave them. Leave all them excuses. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, man, uh, I'm just basking in the moment right now. I'm looking for an artist right now, too. Bro, I interview artists all the time, man. I'm looking for a fire artist. Uh, I'm probably going to wind up having a contest to find an artist that, that uh, because, you know, I got all these bad producers, right? And and they agreed to help me get a hit record. Mm. You know, I want to get a hit record. I want to have, like, the number one record on the charts, you know, just, just for the hell of it. Yeah, that'd be like a uh, bucket list type thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just a bucket list. You know, I'm already, I'm already, because I'm going to take over boxing. You know, boxing mine. Oh, yeah. They can, they can give me that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to smash boxing. Yeah, plus you got the type of mind, like, you know what I'm saying, where, you know, you can, um, you know, start a new trend and get in the business right in boxing, you know, because I know, Floyd Mayweather was kind of like a pioneer into, you know, boxers, you know, showing boxers that they can, you know, if they play their cards right and stack their money, you know, you can be your own boss in boxing if everything fall right for you. But, you know, you got to have the right team, you know. It takes a team to do everything. No question. No question. A lot of times we don't trust people that look like us. Right. You know. We looking for somebody else to come in and, and do the right thing by us. But, you know, it is what it is. And, and, and uh, one of the main things that I hope people learn about that article is that I kept an open mind and I kept being able to dream. Right. And be able to see things that was beyond those walls, that was beyond that visiting room where he was interviewing me at. Uh, uh, I think, and they, they named the article Rick Ross's Dreaming because he felt that that's all I had was a dream. And I told him that I was still allowed to dream, that the judge didn't take my dreams away. But I think slavery took our dreams away from us. Yeah, absolutely. You so, know, before before slavery, we was building pyramids and, you know, we were the first people working with metal. Well, nobody else working with metal before before the Africans. Right. But that ain't in the history books. <laughs> they don't want to teach you about yourself, how great you are. But they'll tell you how ungreat you are. Right. So as far as um, when you got out of print, and, then, um, and I know I had a, a couple people in my family, you know, watching them take the adjustment, you know, and um, what was the biggest adjustment, you know, when you came home, like that you had to make? Adjustment, huh? I don't know, man. I was ready. No. Yeah, so it wasn't like a big culture shock when you came Not home. at all. Only thing I was wondering why everybody was so slow. Oh, wow. Uh... So I felt were, like I was running circles around everybody. So you was really a true testament on, I see it like a lot of people when they talk about prison, it was like, you know, don't, uh, 
people that um don't do their time in in the prison like they no might. don't let time don't let time do you you do the time right you know because some people be in prison they, they they be worried all the time they play card games i was reading and studying i read over 300 books while i was in prison yeah, that's remember cool. he said that in in the article too he said that that i read these get rich quick books and i was checking out their plausibility absolutely now, now you get out into a world where a lot of stuff in today's time is a lot of entrepreneur type things now. You know, as far it as is, but then it ain't. You know, it's only a few. It's only a few entrepreneurs out here. The majority of the people are, are worker bees. Oh yeah. You know, they just go to work every day, pay their bills, barely make it, and 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 be happy. There's only a few that that's 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 trying to conquer and 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 develop. Right. So as far as your uh your books, your, your two books that you showed me. Mm-hmm. Um now um just uh, since you already published the books, just explain the impact those books had on people since you know you already published them. Oh man. I got people saying my book changed their life. You know, like people have come up to me because, you know, it's all through the jail. My book is all over the place. I'm really a best-selling author, but nobody know it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I did mine on the underground. Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't have Uncle Sam with the barcodes and, and, and they swiping the barcodes and, you you know, you get registered and all that. No, mine didn't come like that. Mine come from hand-to-hand sales. Yeah, you did it all. You did it the hard way. Yeah, so, but uh, like I said, I've had a lot of people come up and say my autobiography touched their soul. And then the new book, they talking so good about it, man. They saying, like, that thing, the 21 Keys to Success, they saying, man, that's like a Bible. I didn't have people come up and say, man, them principles are like, like out the Bible, you know, they so cold, like... This is what everybody needs to read. They need these principles to make it in the ghetto. And I, I'll be like, you right. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, explain to, um, how the documentary came about and um, just the impact that that don't had on people since it's, um, since people can actually see a visual to your story versus you explaining it in an interview. Well, when I was in jail, you know, and, and, and I saw some of the things that people was doing and I thought that I needed a documentary, you know, when BET did American Gangster, I thought my, my, my chances of doing my own documentary was dead. But what I noticed is that my popularity study growed, you know, it didn't die down, you know, like right now, my popularity is still like climbing. I'm, I'm going up, you know, some people go go up and then they go down or deep down but mine has just constantly climb 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 uh um so i knew i would have an opportunity to do another documentary you know especially from my own words you know right now we're finna go in pre-production this month on my movie oh yeah yeah I so, so the documentary uh uh, uh was thought up while i was in prison you know i thought it was important that i did it um, it stayed on the front page of Netflix for a year and a half. Mm. So, 
we don't know how many millions of people it touched. And knowing that it touched people, I, I know that if it if they saw it, they were touched and moved by uh, some of the things in the documentary. You got to go watch the other half. You only watch half of it. Yeah, yeah, it's, I didn't know it's, it was two halves. Yeah, yeah, it's two halves. Uh, uh, um, Netflix showed it like one day, then the next day. You know when it, when they first did it. So you got to go get that other half. But yeah, it is it is touched so many. I mean, you know, I'm I'm touching lives every day. I'm so thankful for the internet that that I don't know what to do. The internet is the greatest thing, man. And and I'm gonna learn how to how to maneuver it, how to because I believe you know with Instagram and Facebook and, and those people, they do it, that shadow ban stuff where they keep you from, from allowing you to grow to your full potential or what really is, you know, they, they keep you muffled so that they can uh, control, um, you know, who becomes stars. Right. Because, you know, you can become a star on Instagram or TikTok or any of those pages if enough people see you. Absolutely. So uh, where did where did freeway come from? Uh, I stayed on the side of the freeway, and there was this guy who, um, at that time, was like the biggest, uh, big time low rider in hmm. L.A. and and he started calling us the freeway boys. And you know, when somebody of his magnitude say something, everybody follows suit. Oh, so it stuck. Yeah. So it stuck. And we used to didn't like to be called the freeway boys because we didn't like him. No. So we didn't want to be called the freeway boys, but, you know, we didn't have no choice. He stuck it on us and it just stuck to us. So. Yeah, man. So for for all the people that follow you out there, man, what's some things you like doing in your spare time when you're not involved in your different, you know, ventures and things like that? I don't get I don't get spare time. Go play tennis with my kids. That's why I just come from right now. You know, I got two kids. Um, they both play tennis, playing very well, I must say. Um, I'm excited. Today probably was their best day ever. Um, so I, I guess I do that 10 and 12. Okay. Yeah, 10 and 12. So be on the lookout for them on TV. All right. So what's your short and long-term goals? What do you want to accomplish? What you got on your hit list? Well, I want to uh, enrich black people. I want to see how would the world run with black people with money <laughs> instead of being broke. You know, I read an article one time, how I started the Millionaires Club. I, I was uh, reading this article and it said within 20 years, black people would be totally broke. And uh, I did a little survey, right, with my friends. I went out and I said, man, I just read this article and it's talking about in 20 years, black people going to be broke. So, you know, as usual, they defended black people against the article. Man, they don't know what they're talking about. How they talking about we're going to be broke? Michael Jordan ain't going to be broke, and Oprah Winfrey ain't going to be broke. I said, no, they're not talking about them because they're not considered black anyway. Right. They're talking about you. <laughs> Me? Huh? I said, yeah, you. I said, how many people can you call right now and borrow $100 from? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a small list. You know what he said? Probably one, me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, if you ain't got if you ain't got ten or twenty people you can borrow a hundred dollars from, you broke. 
Yeah. And that means all your friends and your family broke too. Because if they can't loan you $100, they in bad shape. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So as far as uh, 2023, you say you got the, y'all finna pre-produce the, uh, y'all finna produce the movie. And uh, do you got anything yeah. else for 2023 that you got going on? Uh, boxing. I should be opening my dispensary up here in about 30, 40 days. That's going to be uh, in California? In California, yeah. My brand is in 11 states, though. So be on the lookout. Y'all going to dispensaries, ask them about that LA, uh, the freeway. The L.A. Kingpin by Freeway Ricky Bros. Uh, what else I got going? Oh, I'm going to do a reality show. Oh, uh, with, with, with what network? Uh, I ain't going to do it on the network. I'm going to do it on the internet. Oh, okay. So you're just going to shoot it on your YouTube channel? Yep. Okay. Or somebody else's YouTube channel with a lot of followers. Oh, I know some people with 90 million followers. Oh, so I'll probably, probably put it on their network. Hey, hey, you never know. It might get picked up. You might somebody might give you that bag to get picked up on a television, you know. They have to give me a big bag. <laughs> and I tell them I don't work for money. Oh yeah. I work for the pleasure of it. Oh yeah. I enjoy it. So um I start asking all my guests this question. I think it's a good question. Um uh, uh how do you want people to perceive you? approachable somebody that you can approach somebody that's a friend somebody that's understanding and somebody that cares yeah absolutely so uh give me your mount rushmore of influencers people that influence your life give me your top five Dr. Bouquet, my mom, Muhammad Ali, Louis Farrakhan, that's that's enough for now. <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on and on. You know, like I said, I read 300 books. So every person, every book that I read had some type of influence on me, either negative or positive. Uh, but they definitely had an influence on me. All right, man. So uh we're gonna uh we got one more question, then we're gonna wrap it up. So uh for anyone, uh this why uh, I came up with this one because I think this will uh would um stick with a lot of people. So for anyone that was in your position at your at your height or going down that same path you was when you started to the uh the getting the streets and things like that, what would you be with your advice? to someone that was in your similar position and they going down that same path, you know, uh, with uh, dealing with drugs and things like that. Don't do it. No, no. You know, if, 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 and I, and I mean this, I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. If you can sell drugs, you can do anything. All you gotta do is put the same energy the same determination that you're putting into selling drugs, put into something else and give yourself a chance. Thank you. Mm, absolutely. So closing remarks, anything else that you want to say to the people that you got going on and let people know how to uh, keep up with you on social media and things like that? Oh, yeah. They can uh, They can get me at Freeway Ricky on uh, 
on Instagram, Prairie Rick Ross on Facebook. And if you want to buy my book or my T-shirts, hold on. You want to buy my book or my T-shirts? Go to my website. I got the colors too. Look at that color. Come on, yeah, man. Yeah, I like that color right there. Yeah, come on. Stop it, y'all. Uh you can go to you can go to my website, Pure Ricky Ross, or to my books, my t-shirts. Uh also you can look there to find the information on how to join the millionaires club. Come on, I need your help. Don't be playing. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And I uh uh I really appreciate you uh coming on the podcast, man. This is uh Probably uh, one of the uh, interviews that be real close to my heart, man, because I uh, looked at all your interviews on Vlad, and I uh, I look at them all the time, man, because I think you are just a real intelligent person. You know, I just like to – because I like looking at um, interviews and stuff. I look at podcasts every day, so I like to look at interviews of people that I think are intelligent and I can learn stuff from. And, um, and I like to look at them over and over again, cause you know, I can pick up something else that I didn't catch the first time. So I like, uh, looking well, at the reasons that you just gave, everybody should have those same reasons. And we should stop looking at dumb stuff and dumb people. I appreciate you, man. Thanks. Yeah. And, uh, right. 